0: hockey, let's do that hockey.
1: Say it isn't so, Joe. It's been a while. Welcome back to the Top Pair Podcast. I am your host. It is Thursday night, 740. I am your host, Eric Weinstein. With me, my co-host in the dark, Nick Maxwell. Uh, Nick, it looks dark behind you there, pal.
0: Yeah, I had a little uh, trouble with a light earlier today. And uh, with the apartment that I'm running out, of, I called the maintenance guy and he decided that he wasn't going to show up even after he told me so. So here I am, in the dark, is feeling he a, spooky.
1: Is he a good guy?
0: Usually. I don't know. No, I just least... don't like why why are you gonna tell me you're gonna show up if you're not gonna show up today?
1: Well, as long as he's a good guy at least. Um so we got a little bit to talk about. That has it's kind of been a slow week. Um that's why it's been about a week and a half since we've we've all spoken. Um, just before we start, I want to do some housekeeping. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public. Uh, you can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That's A1SportsNetwork.com. Uh, you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at a one Network. You can find the, the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TopPair underscore pod. You can find me at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's. Nick, plug your stuff, and let's get it going.
0: Yep, real quick. Find me on my... Twitter account at MMaxwell01 or my Instagram at NickJMaxwell.
1: Hell yeah. Just wanted to get that out of the way, nice and quick, easy peasy. If you don't know where you can find us at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Um, So let's jump right into it. The biggest news wasn't player-related. We're losing the voice of the NHL. Um, After 3,700-plus games, 22 Stanley Cups called Mike, Doc, Emmerich, is hanging up the headset. He is calling it quits. He's retiring. Um, in my opinion, the the greatest hockey announcer of all time. I don't even think it's close. Um, just I don't know what to say other than this: we're losing the greatest, and it's gonna really be weird every Wednesday night, every you know big playoff game. It's gonna be weird not hearing Doc. Um, I know he's my personal favorite announcer in any sport. Um, Mike Breen is now taking over the mantle uh, of my favorite uh, announcer. But Mike Emmerich, um, just the <laughs> beloved announcer, the voice of the NHL for however many years, um, calling it quits, and a well-deserved retirement. Um, Nick, give me your thoughts on the great Doc Emmerich.
0: Yeah, man, he, he is self waffle boarding himself away. Haha, <laughs> terrible joke. He's I
1: sashaying know. into retirement. Um, <laughs> ricocheted uh, into his I maybe mean, he's probably got a Florida home. Um the verbs are thinking I'm gonna miss most.
0: Yeah, I, I think truly there's there's very few people in this world outside of athletes that are been that have gone after the career that they were born to do. Doc Emmerich is probably the exception to that. Um, clearly just like the overall voice his passion for it the fact that he gets to call a sport that he loves so damn much the way that he worked himself into the NHL it's going to be impossible to replace this guy obviously but you know from Olympic hockey to Stanley Cup hockey regular season stuff he, his name is synonymous with national broadcasts. and I hope that he enjoys his retirement he's sure earned it um, him and his wife you know, going to be chilling out in, in St. Clair, Michigan, I believe, is where he lives. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what to say even that could capture the career that that guy's had. Other than, thanks, Doc.
1: Exactly. Just a, a hearty hashtag, thank you, Doc. Um, I don't know if you caught that NBC let him do, like, one of his video essays. It was, like, a five-and-a-half-minute video. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. YouTube it. Um NBC Sportsnet. Just every, just I don't know a single person who's ever said to me, "Yeah, I don't love Doc. You know, he's not. I think he's overrated. Blah blah blah. Whatever." Just universally loved as an announcer, and I think it's rare you see that because if you think of like the bi- like in the four major sports, you think of the quote-unquote big name announcers like. You know, like I said, Mike Breen, uh, Mike Tarico, Joe Buck, you know, whoever. There's people who are going to say, man, I really don't. I hate Joe Buck. Man, Mike Breen isn't my favorite. Man, you know, but I don't. I've I personally, you know, even my dad, who's not the biggest Doc fan, says I can appreciate what he did. And I have like he has so much respect for Doc. And, you know, it's rare that you see some in a in a, um, a profession where. You can know, like, this example with Joe Buck, everybody always says, like, man, he hates my team. Like, because like, everybody just decides that Joe Buck is the worst announcer, which I don't get. Um, but other than maybe, like, Jim Nance, I don't think anybody is as
0: beloved as Doc. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, I just feel like it's just, it's going to be tough, because it's like, obviously, growing up in your local market, you have your local market announcers. That's like the National Broadcast, like, I feel like Gary Thorne was the only other real national announcer that I can remember in my life when that was back when, like, the NHL was on ESPN. Yeah. Like, think about how long ago that was. So it's just, it's going to be weird for me feeling like going into the next season whenever that happens, and it's like, no matter what, Doc's not going to be doing the game.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to me, and um, he, he did an interview on the Michael Kay Show on ESPN Radio. Um, his book just came out, which I'm probably going to order on Amazon, to be quite honest with you, because... Um, from what I heard, it's, it's, you know, you read it and it's like Doc is talking to you. You can hear his voice while you're reading it. Um, all of the proceeds he said on the K show are going to be going to animal, uh, like animal shelter charities in Michigan. So this guy is just like the best of the best, like personally and professionally, like hats off to Doc Emmerich. Like you said, a well-deserved retirement and, so now the question is, who's your money on to replace him on Wednesday night rivalries? I think it's going to be Johnny Forslund.
0: Well, I think they, uh, I heard a rumor that it's going to be um, Kenny Albert, I think, is their leading uh,
1: candidate. I don't know
0: what's going on with Forslund, to be honest with you. I'm amazed like no other local team snatched him up. I don't know what kind of contract he's with. Well, he's with, for, with the Hurricanes. But, what? He's with the Hurricanes. No, they let that go, I thought. They did? Yeah, they never get, like, they just said, okay, like, sorry, we can't meet the demands of your contract, so you're basically a free agent now.
1: I had no idea.
0: Like, last I knew, he wasn't doing the Hurricanes games anymore. That's when I, I, yeah, because I'm pretty sure I saw, like, him, like, at least a huge statement about, like, how grateful he was for that opportunity and whatnot. But it's just, like...
1: I don't know. I didn't, I can't confirm nor deny that. Um, We'll have to get our stack guys on that, but I can't, I have no idea. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, somebody like Johnny Forslund, you know, Gord Miller's not bad. I'm biased. I would like Brendan Burke to do every Wednesday Night Rivalry game just because I'm biased because he calls the Islanders. Um, but there's, it's not going to be the same. It's really not.
0: For the love of God. Or just, like, let him do the Wednesday Night Games. Like, just for the love of God, just bring me Jim Houston.
1: Oh, yeah. I Because he kind of got cut off in the beginning. But Jim Houston, I guess now, well, I mean, in Canada, he's the voice of hockey, but... Um, if somehow we can get the SN down here so we can get Wednesday night robberies, you know, that would be great. But, um, you know, just, um, again, we're going to miss doc. Um, Eddie Olchek put out a great article on player's tribune. I believe it was awesome. Read. Um, yeah. Doc Emmerich hanging up, hanging up the microphone after 3,700 plus called games with the devils on sports channel, which is about as old as it gets. Um, Called obviously NBC, you know, versus before it was NBCSN. You know, this guy has been around forever. So hats off uh, to Doc, and uh, best of luck in retirement. Best wishes, all that good stuff. So moving on from Doc, we had some, we had a couple minor signings in the, you know, in throughout the league, but one of the major ones, Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe after what feels like a thousand years in San Jose, has signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, a one-year deal with a $700,000 cap hit. The first overall pick in 1997 ain't done yet. And Jumbo Joe is going to be heading up to Toronto, and I'm not sure what the role is going to be, whether he's, you know, bottom six, maybe the third-line center, maybe he goes up on the wing with Matthews or Marner or Tavares, who knows, but... Jumbo Joe, it's going to be weird not seeing him in that San Jose Sharks jersey.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's the ultimate, it's the circle of hell for the Boston Bruins, right? Like, one of the teams that you hate the most is now capturing your once highly sought-after franchise guy, who's just, you're just praying right now that you probably don't have to play them in the first round again next year. But, yeah, it, it's weird. Like, he says he came to Toronto to, like, win a Stanley Cup, which just gonna say it, like they haven't won once in '67. They've been bounced the first round of the playoffs for like four straight years. Um, you know, fair to say or not, those are just facts. But yeah, I think it's it's kind of weird to me with the lineup now because you have, along with Joe Thornton, you have Jason Spezza in your bottom six. Who I assume that's kind of how they're gonna round out their third and fourth center pairings. I don't know. They they kind of do the same thing to me. And yeah, or Thornton definitely adds a huge amount of leadership in that room. He's definitely going to be a guy, whether you give him a letter or not, he's going to say what's on his mind. And he's going to say it to either the players or the coaches. So to that type of like mental toughness, I think brings a lot to the to the to the Leafs. So I think I agree with them for that prospect. But it's just going to be, you know, what does this guy really have left in the tank? I mean, you've seen it the last couple of years, he's really slowed down in terms of the speed. It's the speed of the game has really kind of eluded him. But you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like Wayne Simmons signing, right? I think they're looking at more of this as, like, an intangible thing rather than something where we're going to get, oh, we're going to get X amount of points out of this player if we put him in this role.
1: They need to get tougher, point blank, and by signing, you know, by keeping Spezza, by bringing in Thornton, by bringing in Wayne Simmons, you know, they're bringing in a little bite, and these are guys that are going to be hungry because they don't know how many kicks to the can they're going to have left, kicks at the can, I think is the right way to say it, but... Um, I, yeah, I don't know what the plan is. I heard there were talks that maybe he'd be on Tavares's wing or he would take over the third line center. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Jumbo Joe heading to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and also with the Leafs might as well stay here. Um, they did resign an RFA. Ilya Mikheyev, the 26 year old Russian winger signed for, looks like a two year deal. An average annual value of $1.6 million, a $3.2 million deal. Um, just another good signing. I mean, he was good for them For you know, while he was playing. I think this is just one of the maybe a bridge deal. I don't know. But um, Ilya McKay have also staying with the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Yeah, the, the deal helped them avoid arbitration, which was huge for the Leafs because I really don't think Dubas wants any part of any type of third-party negotiator with how cap-strapped that team is. But, yeah, a fourth-line guy, but plays a little bit of a bigger role than that. Gives him some jam, that good old jam, jam. on that fourth line. <laughs> um, he's a good player along the walls. He's a solid – he's definitely a solid fourth-line player. Um, I really do think that was an important piece to the least to bring back because it does bring up some some younger some speed in their bottom six, just like we said with the fact they signed Gordon Simmons. Um, you know, I think this is, he was definitely one of Babcock's guys. I don't know if his role kind of diminished a little bit under Keith. He did get injured last year with that really gross wrist injury. So we'll see how he, see how he kind of comes back from that. But yeah, I mean, this might be a guy that they end up Swit getting rid of a year from now, but overall, I mean, you can't really complain about this signing for Dubas.
1: Yeah. It's just one of those, like, I don't want to say blah signings, but. You know, I don't think anybody was throwing any parades in Toronto that they re-signed Eli But, um, So, let's see what else we got. A couple other signings of note. Um, the Rangers made two signings to their RFAs. They locked them up for two years. Um, Alexander Georgiev, um, the 24-year-old goaltender, a two-year, $4.85 million deal um, to... You know, either anchor the backup goalie spot with Igor Shesterkin or to be the starter, you know, to start out the season, whenever it starts. And Mr. Tony D'Angelo, the 24-year-old defenseman, a two-year deal um, worth $9.6 million, an average annual value of $4.8 um, Again, bridge deals. I mean, nobody's really got a lot of money right now. Uh, the flat cap is, you know, kind of slowing everything down. Teams are kind of stalling because they really have no choice. Um but yeah, the Rangers taking care of some of their RFAs.
0: Yeah, and I think every free agent signing you're gonna see from here on out, it's gonna be a two year deal. Um just because I think that's when GMs and owners probably think it's gonna take that long for the economy to kind of kick back and for the cap to actually go up. So I like I like the Georgia signing, obviously. I mean I think you're gonna give him a shot at play a legitimate maybe thirty games this year. Because um, I don't think they're going to try and overwhelm Shostakin with the condensed schedule too, with him being so young. So, I mean, good for him. He's going to have himself to really prove it, right? I think you said he's what twenty six. Is that what you said? Twenty four. Yeah. So I mean, two young goalies he does well in this
1: on the Rangers.
0: Yeah. So if he does well in this contract, he could get himself a nice payday at the end of it. Only being a twenty six year old goaltender, right? And, and, so and, and then with and then with D'Angelo we had your he year, year here, one kind of year the one year, little bit kind of bet on himself kind of, kind of, himself. of deal um, um
1: good money for him I mean a 4.8 average annual value 4.8 million um he was fantastic last year he's on the power play and you know think about the guys on that Ranger power play that he's snapping the puck around to um you know yeah you and I
0: could probably rack up a couple of points playing with those dudes yeah a
1: couple two three points you know with guys named Panarin Zabanejad the now Lafreniere. You name it; he's got a lot of nice guys to slap the puck to. So, expecting the same kind of uh, same kind of production out of D'Angelo. Uh, moving on from the Rangers, we had a nice little extension up in Montreal after we thought that extension talks had broken off. Um, I forgot to text you this one uh, when we were going over who we were going to talk about, but Brendan Gallagher, the heart and soul of the Montreal Canadiens, the 28-year-old right winger. Um, good for him on this deal: six years, 39 million dollars a 6.5 million dollar cap hit. Um like I mentioned the heart and soul of the Canadians, um get the scoring punch. Um Brendan Gallagher staying put after we thought it sent like we got I sent this to you and you were like isn't it funny that they just said that they broke off extension talks. So, um obviously whatever happened, they figured it out, they circled back and here we are. Brendan Gallagher staying put.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what can happen when you offer a guy a few more million bucks, right? Yeah, like, right. the mood in the room could go skyrocket after that thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Gallagher will probably go down as one of the biggest fan favorites in Montreal to probably never get his jersey retired. Like, him and Saku Kuevu, I think, like, like if they didn't play, like, obviously when you play for Montreal, the standard to get your number retired is just, like, that much harder so I don't think you will get that type it's of honor. It's Stanley
1: Cups or forget about it. Somebody else is wearing that jersey as soon as you're out of here.
0: Yeah, I, 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 just so I mean, good for him. I mean, like you said, he's the heart and soul of that team. He's the he's the heartbeat. He's the pulse. He kind of pushes the play. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets season C on his jersey by the end of this, by the end of that contract, because obviously with Shea Weber being up there in age, so obviously a piece they didn't want to lose. Good for him. I mean. He was a fifth round pick. I mean, that's a hell of an NHL career for a guy who wasn't really expected to make
1: it. Exactly. Yeah, hell of a cash in for a fifth round pick. Um, shout out to Brendan Gallagher for getting the bag. Um, staying in Canada, um, moving on to Ottawa. Um, Evgeny Dadunov, Dadanov, 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 Dadanov. That's what I thought. Thirty-one um, year old winger, formerly of the Florida Panthers, um, signed with Ottawa. Three-year deal worth fifteen million dollars. Obviously, simple math: five million-dollar cap hit over those three years. Um, I think this is a steal. This guy was excellent for Florida, and the word coming out of Florida, Keith Yandel came out and was like, "Man, I can't believe we lost this guy." Like, this guy is really underrated. He's kind of had like a strange career, but I think this, uh, to say the least, a strange career. But I think this guy is very underrated and. I love the moves that Ottawa is making.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely was on path for career pace right here. Um, I think he had 25 goals this year. Um, it, it's hard because he's one of those players where it's just like, is he good because he plays with Arkov, or is he good because he's just good? Um, so I think that's might be a little bit of why maybe – other gms kind of had a little bit of a hesitation to sign him kind of like him and Hoffman I feel like people had like that trepidation but yeah i mean the thing that i'm going to be worried about with them is that Ottawa doesn't have a great center depth right like Connor Brown who got an extension today is probably their number one center and then maybe Nisimov, like you know Stutzley is going to be out If even if they get him signed he's going to be out probably for the first few months after his surgery right um so it's just it could be one of those things where I def, I like the contract right now, but I think this could go bad. If he succeeds, then the end-off has proven that he was definitely one of the most underrated players, partially because he's been hidden down there in Florida.
1: Right. And speaking of Connor Brown, um, the 26-year-old signed a three-year deal worth $10.8 million, a 3.6 average annual value. So not good value for Connor Brown. Um, who else we got? I sent you so many people that I'm just like forgetting. Uh, uh Vancouver—they re-signed their one of their RFA's, Jake Vertanen, 24-year-old right wing, 24-year-old right winger, uh, a two-year deal worth 5.1 million, a 2.55 million dollar cap hit. You know, just some more minor signings here. Um, we don't really. Uh, have
0: by to the read. way, I hated that Vertanen deal. Like you hate it, get, how, how do you get gutted, and that's the guy you keep? Like he played. I understand he had 18 goals, but he's played on your fourth line. You
1: hate it. Well, yeah, Vancouver has been, like you said, gutted. Not, not the best off season um, up in Vancouver, but um, it's probably beautiful up there in the fall. Um, at least <laughs> I got that going for him. Um, let's see some other signings here. Oh, the much maligned uh, right. Handed shot defenseman Cody CeCe, the whipping boy of the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Um,
0: One of the the many. One one of the
1: many, the poor guy. um, Signed a one-year, $1.25 million deal with Pittsburgh. The ultimate prove-it deal. Um, That poor guy just needed to get out of Toronto in the worst way. Um, Now that he's got, you know, it's a prove-it deal, you know, one-year deal. If it doesn't work out for Pittsburgh, obviously, just let him go. Kind of a way for him to get his career back on track.
0: Yeah, and I and I think, you know, this could be Justin Schultz 2.0, right? Like, Justin Schultz left Edmonton, and everyone in Canada was like, he's a bum, he can't play, what's he doing in this league? And then he goes to Pittsburgh, and it's like, holy crap, this guy's got a lot of offensive skill. What a great skater he is. Why did Edmonton let this guy go? Like, I think that could be easily in this bank. It just depends on the type of role that Pittsburgh wants to give him. To. And I think they've been really good at you know, taking guys and saying, okay, well, what do they do well? And then we have to put that guy in that position to actually do things that he's going to be comfortable with and that aren't asking too much of a skill set.
1: Yeah, isn't it crazy when you put guys in positions to succeed? They typically, you know, do well. Um, And this yeah. guy, you got to think that his confidence is shot after, you know, his time in Toronto, which, you know, maybe he just needed it. It could be as simple as a change of scenery. You never know. So CeCe's going to Pittsburgh. Um, it's pretty much everything oh um, da, 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 where was it the Boston Bruins after losing Tory Krug uh, they re-signed Matt Grizz almost said Mark uh, Matt Grizzlick they re-signed him the 26 year old defenseman to a four year deal of 14.8 million dollars which is a 3.69 million dollar cap hit um, couldn't let this guy go after losing Tory Krug and Matt Grizzlick solid as they come um, I think was yeah. a nice signing for Boston. A good number for him.
0: Yeah, and that could be like that could be like the the new Tory Krug, right? Like a dude that signs at a really good value contract. And Boston is literally a team of dudes that play above their contract value. So I mean, I Tory, Tory Crew's gone. Someone has to take those minutes, right? Because they really didn't sign on everybody else in that back end. Nope. And I think it, I think Grizzly could very well be the guy. So. I, I can't remember if he's a left shot or a right shot defenseman, but left shot. I could left shot. Is that what you said?
1: I think it's left. Let me look. Hang on.
0: Yeah, but I mean, either yeah, way, left. like someone's gonna have to step up into that role, and I think signing him to a three year deal, they're definitely saying, "Hey man, like we're looking for you to be a big part of this core going forward."
1: Four year deal. Four year deal. Four year for the twenty six year old out of Charlestown, Mass. So a hometown kid staying with the Boston Bruins. Shout out to him. Um.
0: I believe
1: that was one of Eichel's teammates on BU, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was. Yeah, I think he played for BU. I can fact check that if you bear with me one moment here. Duh, 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 duh. Yep, Boston University from 2013 to 2016. So that about yeah. lines up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, a minor signing that kind of flew under the radar for a guy who's to no fault of his own. Um, the former number two overall pick Nolan Patrick signed a one year deal worth 874K. Um, the former number two overall pick in the draft has had concussion problems. Um, I even though Philly's a rifle for me, you never want to see a kid with all the talent in the world just struggle with something like that. So I know I'm rooting for Nolan Patrick, I'm sure you are as well. Um, he might have been considered the prize of that draft class. Um, Nico, he's going first, but um hopefully Nolan Patrick can get his health right, get himself right, and he can get back on the ice.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing for a dude who's just skill set, he just can't ever put together, but it's a completely different thing when it's just taken from him. Um, I think he suffered with some migraine stuff a lot of last year, too. So I I hope that dude can figure it out and put it all together. You know, I I think Philly, that adds a whole other dimension to that center group. If they can get him back playing underneath somebody like Kevin Hayes... That's a, that's a real scary lineup all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, especially how good Philly was. If you can just insert Nolan Patrick at 22 years old with all the skill he has, it's not bad. Um, you could do a lot worse. A um, couple other entry-level contracts were signed. Um, Caden Gooley signed an entry-level deal with Montreal. Um, Jake Neighbor signed an entry-level deal with St. Louis. Uh, Quinton Byfield, another number two overall pick, signed his entry-level deal with the Kings. And yeah, that may- one
0: kind of shocked me. I don't know about you, but I was kind of surprised at that one. Yeah. I mean, in my draft episode, I said that guy probably has the highest ceiling of anybody outside of Lafreniere, but I was like, it's going to take a while but, like, for him to build that and get there. Yeah, but, I think You never hey, know. If they think he's Anze Kopitar 2, 2.0, then like, maybe it's just the best thing that you just pair those two people with
1: two weapons in one. Yeah, you hope so. Um, especially because it's been it's been rough out in LA for a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, one of the best names to come out of the first round, Ozzy Weisblatt. Weisblatt, signed with the San Jose Sharks. His entry-level deal, and I think that's all of them. Um, any uh, I'm other-
0: surprised he signed. That's really rare.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially for, I think he was like the 31st overall pick or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's other guys, like Andrew Mangiapani signed, you know, congrats signed a two-year, $4.85 million deal. But is there anybody else you really wanted to go over? I mean, that's pretty much out of the small signings that were made.
0: Yeah, the only only other guy that I thought was interesting was Dez Berionov getting a two-year deal from Stars, 2.55. I mean, 20 goals. He was a 20-goal scorer this year. People don't really realize that. he was fantastic in the postseason. Came out of nowhere. He really tore it up in the playoffs. Yeah, he
1: was fantastic in the postseason. So I think that's a good number for Gurianov and I another another bridge deal. You know, it's the, the bridge deal era with this flat yep. cap and um, also Dmitry Kulikov signed a one year deal with the Devils today for one point five one point one five million dollars. So you know, just one of those, you know, depth defensemen to say it nicely. Yep. Um so anybody else you wanna bring up? <laughs>
0: I, think we, I literally think we nailed everybody, honestly.
1: <laughs> everybody important, I think. No disrespect, but I mean. Um, all right. So that is for the major signings. Um, what else did I want to go over? Oh, so there's been some Jersey news. We'll wrap up the pod with this. Every team, I guess it got leaked by mistake, but every team is going to have the reverse retro, it's called. That's going to be like, the, I guess, their fourth jerseys or third if they don't have an alternate. Um, it's going to be an old jersey that they just reverse the colors on. Or it's like, you know, just a team that's from either like the WHA, you know, Western High, whatever. Whatever it or is. Or
0: your Vegas, you're just going to make yours red the predominant color for whatever reason. Because those look terrible. Did yeah, you see that?
1: Not great. And the Ducks are thinking about bringing back the one with like the jumping Mighty Duck. But Wild wing. Yeah, but making it orange, like, hopefully not, because there's a lot. There's, they have. They have some, Maybe
0: they'll be so bad that they're great.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know about that.
1: Um, but anyway, excuse me. Um, there's a lot, a lot of great possibilities here. You saw Pittsburgh; they have the white jersey with Pittsburgh going down diagonal, um, and then the Flyers. I think theirs was black. I didn't see. I don't remember. But there's a lot of. A lot of, um, possibilities here. I'm hoping in Buffalo they bring back the red and black. I know those are your favorite with the crossing swords. Oh, dude, I would cry. Oh.
0: Like if, if those are could the like a, best. Yeah, like, I would honestly cry.
1: Those are the best. Like, I you couldn't buy a Jack Eichel and crossing red swords fast enough. Um,
0: <laughs> I would literally just, like, throw, throw money at the computer screen as I'm trying to buy it. <laughs> yeah, as
1: you're trying to punch in your credit card number, you're just going to be throwing <laughs> money at it. Um... So, again, that's something I'm always excited for. You know, of course, I could spend money on something else, a New Jersey, because, you know, could I never have enough? Um, <clears throat> and then, last thing to actually bring up, we forgot to bring it up now, um, the Chicago Blackhawks will wrap up the podcast with this. Um, from the signings that we brought up, you know, last week and from what everybody else has seen, it looks like they're in full rebuild mode. But... They have four guys making like $37 million, I think is the number, between Stanley Cup champions, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and Brent Seabrook. It's very hard to rebuild when you got all that money, well-deserved money. They've earned every penny of those deals. It's kind of hard to rebuild when you have guys making all that money.
0: Yep. Boy, howdy, do I wish Do I wish I was a fly on the wall when Stan Bowman is trying to explain to Taze and Kane and Keith that we're focusing on the young guys now. Thanks for all you've done for us. By the way, I'm not trading you because, you know, A, no one can really afford you right now, and B, you're still good players. But just so you know, this year isn't really about you guys. It's about the young young dudes in the room.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean you could see it coming. I mean, those guys have been around forever now. I mean... They're all 32 years old and older. Um, Brent Seabrook barely played last year, and when he did, yeah. it wasn't great. Um, I
0: don't even think if Seabrook is even going to play this year. I think he spends all year on LTIR. I think
1: they'll bury him on LTIR. But, you know, all these guys also have no movement clauses. So it could be, I mean, it would be, how weird would it be to see, you know, Jonathan Taves in another jersey or Patrick Kane or Duncan Keith? But, these guys again—they're all on the back nine of their careers. Maybe not Patrick Kane. Maybe that guy's definitely still I mean, in his that, prime. Well,
0: like that's that's the thing, though. It's like Kane and like Taves to a lesser extent, but Kane is still probably like a top fifteen forward in the league. Like certainly a top winger in the league.
1: I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I think. I mean, Taves had a had a nice year this year. a Nice rebounded year. He's good in the playoffs. Um, it's just, you know, the writing's on the wall there. You know, I didn't think they were going to even. You know, they beat Edmonton. Nobody saw that coming. Um, they didn't really have an answer for Vegas. And it's like, now what? You know, you got all these guys making all this money. It's, you know, it's tough. So, you know, the writing's on the wall there. Stan Bowman, um, we've had our criticisms of him, um, to say the very least. And it's it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to, you know, who knows? Maybe Duncan Keith walks into the office and says, you know what? All right, I'm going to waive my no-trade. You know, but only trade me to these teams, and he gives a list. Like same with like maybe Taves or Kane. You never know. Um, I think obviously right now with the flat cap, that's difficult. Um, some of those contracts, even though those guys are really talented, they're kind of immovable because of the number that they. Like I don't know if anybody can pay Jonathan Taves like ten point two or whatever he makes. You know these guys make a lot of money, so. Um, it's a matter yeah. of, if I anybody mean, can, it's, and it's not like they're going to say, "Yeah, trade me to Detroit or trade me to Florida." You know, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna have their pick, and those teams don't really have space.
0: Yeah, and it's just too. It's like, are they? Is Jeremy Carlton like the head coach like going forward? I mean, yeah, he's thirty three, and like a lot of people think of him as a bright mind, but at the same time, it's you still don't even know like the quality of coach that you have right now. And two, it's like, that goaltending situation is probably the worst
1: in the league. A disaster.
0: You have have Malcolm Subban and two guys that you're hopeful, at best, turn into NHL starting.
1: Who is it, Colin Delia, I think it's still him? Yeah. Who was okay for them a couple years ago, but, like, who feels confident with Malcolm Subban and being, from what you've seen from him, being a former first-round pick, who's confident that Malcolm Subban can get it done?
0: Yeah, and two, it's like, you know, Adam Boquist is a nice piece on that back end, but really, who do you really hang your hat on besides that? I mean, yeah, you have you have Duncan Keith, but he's not going to be the guy that can... He can't play him 30, 35 minutes a night anymore. No. You know, it's it's like you have Nikita Zadorov, Connor Murphy, Calvin DeHaan. Okay pieces, but... I mean, you you have no number one defenseman in that group.
1: Yeah, there there's you know they're decent defensemen. Cal Carp, Ontario, Canada native, um, former Islander. Um I mean, it's just it's not great. It's really not. I mean, they they moved Matta. I don't remember who they got back for him. I mean, the forward group you have Kubalik, you have Kirby Doc. You know, there there's guys there. There's pieces there, but that, that decoy was a lot to be desired did you hear me I heard some like weird noise
0: no sorry you cut out there
1: oh okay yeah I was just saying that like they have nice pieces with the forwards with doc and um with Kubalik, but and who yeah, else? I mean who am I thinking of I forgot the thank you Debrinket, you know there's, there's, it, there's like some
0: Alex Neilander they're high on but they're good Eventually, they're not going to be able to pay these guys for much longer because, I mean, Taze and Kane still have three years left on their deals. They did get to signed, sign, but like, maybe the move is to move out one of these other pieces to kind of create some cap room. and Maybe you get a really good you know, defenseman in the back of that so you can kind of even out that grouping a little bit. But, I mean, I, I haven't been very confident in Stan Bowman in a couple of years. Like, my, my knocks on him are well-documented on this podcast, yeah. so yep. I won't even get into it. Anymore. You don't have to. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I think it's going to be a really tough, awkward year for the Blackhawks, um, especially if Kane's having a good year and his frustrations continue to mount. Because obviously, they're dudes that want to win, and they're used to winning. So even if they're putting up numbers, I still don't think they're going to be very
1: happy. Yeah, three Stanley Cups in five years. I mean, it's it's been a nice fall from grace for the for the Chicago Blackhawks. You hate this. I mean, an original six franchise. You know, in a big market like Chicago. You know, you know they got the great fans, but. You know when they were bad before Taves and King got there, there was maybe six thousand people in those in those uh, those stands. So yeah. I mean if well, they,
0: had, they they got so bad to the point they couldn't find any broadcast network to show their games, they were blacked out.
1: Yeah, it's just it it seems like it's going to get worse before it gets better. Just because again, those guys earned those deals, every penny of those deals, three, three, three cups in five years. I mean, all those guys were monster parts of it. You know, you saw them move Brandon Saad. You know, they let uh, Corey Crawford go. He's in New Jersey now. I mean, these are those are two big pieces, and it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, hate to end the podcast on a sour note, but is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this baby up?
0: Uh, the only other news that I saw is that the NHL either postponed or canceled, I think, the Winter Classic this year. And the All Star break. Another another sign of nobody really knows what's gonna be going on in the next few months or when the season's gonna start.
1: Yeah. I mean all we can all we can hope for is just you know, just keep wearing masks, keep social distancing, just keep doing it. So once this all all this crap is done with, we can finally get back to normal here. We can <sighs> actually go to games. You know, wouldn't that isn't that such a crazy concept that we can actually go to games so um again keep following along on on twitter instagram you know tweet at us i already plugged everything i'm not going to do it again because i feel like i plug way too much but um again just keep following along guys we're gonna once we it's not going to be two episodes a week obviously because there's really not a lot going on um when there's some significant news you'll hear from us Um, But just keep posting along, keep following along. And Nick, anything else you want to leave our loving listeners with?
0: No, I think your gracious words said it all. I think we're good to end on that note.
1: Yeah, now I get to go watch Dan Jones and the New York Giants lay an egg on Thursday Night Football. Good night, everybody. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. See you next time.